What's up, y'all? Late night here with Max and Lou on the Max and Lou Show. It's uh, right around midnight, right when late night starts, and that's when our late night podcast is going on tonight, guys. It's midnight here up in the Poconos where Max and Lou uh, reside, and they got both of us in the studio here tonight. I don't know who they are. They's us. We got us in the studio tonight, and we're going to get you guys some good Max and Lou shit tonight. Thanks, Max and Lou, for inviting us, Max and Lou, to your show. Uh, how are you guys doing? Well, uh, you know, we're uh, we're doing pretty well around here. Uh, we like to keep our guests, um, keep them happy and take care of them well. So um, Yeah, I agree. Like We like to keep you guys refreshed. We have some beverages here for you, some nice seating. Yeah, we appreciate that. We really appreciate that you guys keep, um, you know, everything cold here and you got some comfy sofas here in the studio. And um, you guys are always on top of your guests' needs. Uh, and it is a nice studio. I, I'll admit that. Like, I, I do appreciate the atmosphere. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having us on. Well, well uh, th- thank you for complimenting the studio like that and uh, for our hospitality. And, uh, you know, uh, we really appreciate it. And that goes a long way. Yeah, so, we, uh, we love having guests on. So thanks for coming by. That's all we can ask for. No problem. Just, just, just call us if you ever need us to, you know... Whatever. It doesn't even have to be a podcast. If you're having like a barbecue or something and you need like catering done, Max and Lou will barbecue for you. We'll grill up, uh, you know, a couple wieners and patties. No problem. That sounds like a good thing. You know, like we're on here for you and now you can come. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great idea. Max, I think going late night was a good thing for us. Me too, but I feel like I'm going insane. <laughs> like, I just lost my mind. What? <laughs> But that was weird. I felt like a guest as well as a host. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to go for. It was humbling. <laughs> but I was like really pressured to to like keep that bit going there. But um, this is Max and Lou, episode thirty one. <laughs> We're here, and it's late. It's night. I'm Max. I do this every time, and I'm Lou. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the trouble with like you know having a name that has one come before the other. You just it's every time that one has to come. So I'm Lou from the Max and Lou Show, and I'm Max. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna start this one off right away with some fun stuff. Because I never really bring anything cool to the table. I disagree, but let's see what you got. Alright, so I'm going to do a little, um, it's like a contest, I guess. But Max is the only competitor here. I don't know how to describe it. But um, basically, he has to give me an answer. And if he gives me the right answer, he wins something. Do I actually? Why not? Why wouldn't you? Because uh, there's prizes? <laughs> yes. There's prizes? Be? Yeah, but you got to give me the right answer. Okay, see, because at first I'm like, you... well, I'm the only competitor. Okay, whatever. But if there's prizes... This is a legitimate thing. All right. Like I told you, I had I, I, I had this. 
You mentioned you had something planned. That's all you said, though. Okay. All right, so here I have two DVD copies of... Right away, he's just puzzled. He has no idea what I just whipped out from behind me. Two DVD copies of Transporter 2. That's right. Two Transporter 2s. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of weird to look at both of them. Anyway, so... What I want Max to do here is examine both copies of these DVDs. I'll give you this one right now while I'm talking. Just look at it closely, though, because you need to examine these very well. And what I'm going to need you to do is tell the guests which one is the authentic copy. Oh. And which one most likely came from a flea market. Because I noticed a difference in something. On I, I can't, I'm not going to say what, obviously. But, um, so here's the other one. Should I take that one away from you to make it wow. a little harder? Make it a little harder on you? I'll take that. So I took Ooh. the first one, I took the first one away from him to, so that way he can't actually hold both of them. At the same and, time. And, like, compare them. Hmm. So. Can I open it? Yeah, that's fine, dude. I don't, dude. I, don't, I don't know if that matters. I don't think I opened them. Okay, if you didn't. We'll both open them. Oh, they both? What? Neither one, neither one of them is. How do we know what station? It's not about the disc. It's uh, so okay. What's in that um, one? Very different. Let me see it. Uh, oh! <laughs> one is a blockbuster, but so I don't know if that helps with the answer. But I can tell you because of different. Does that one have the serial number in the back like this? Yeah, that's weird. Um, How do they do that? Is that fake then? Huh? Is that serial number fake? No, it's a it's a barcode. So when you scan it, you know it's this product. Uh, so okay, I know immediate differences, a hundred percent. If I wish I didn't open it almost because it, that didn't help me. It made it worse because I feel like the one that you're currently holding, which is the blockbuster one, is the fake one, and is that why? Well, feel the cases. If you feel the cases, don't well, that's it's not for one. But I don't this know. This is that's... square. <laughs> what? This is square, and this is round. Oh my god, you genie! So I think this is the real one. Uh, also, the bottom has something for a lock, which made me confused because it's blockbuster. This one doesn't, so this one feels more fake. So I don't know if this is the one you were considering fake. Well, uh, I, I I was what. What the question was, was for you to determine which one is the... Authentic. Yes. So I would say that the one that is not blockbuster looking is authentic, which is weird because in my mind, the one that looks blockbuster should be authentic. This is what I was looking at. I noticed right away, if you look closely here, I'm going to have to shine a light on it. <laughs> His face is different colors. That's in, this so one's like, like a dark what the shade. Oh yeah, the blockbuster one. It's like a darker shade on the the image on the box. Yeah, overall between everything, not just his face. Is it is it just that side though? Maybe, but like yeah, even the DVD. Yeah, looks different. What about the the fox? The foxes too, I think. Yeah. Uh. Honestly, they the both rest... they both look like shit on the back. Honestly, no offense. The thing that I thought, because whichever one you handed to me first, 
Uh, Great movie, though. I love The Transporter, too. I think that might have been the first one I saw. My dad got me into those when I was a kid. Those are pretty badass movies. Look how young Jason Statham was. Yeah, right. No gray hair. <laughs> that might have been looming on him at that moment. This is a good one. Yeah, like I said, I think that was the first one I saw. You know what? ABC Radio Network does say it's one hell of a ride. And Max and Lou and the late night Max and Lou shows <laughs> say it is one hell of a ride. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I guess I would say this one is the authentic. Alright, Max, you win. Reach under your chair and uh, pull out your surprise. <laughs> He's so surprised right now. Wait, under my chair? What? What? what is- <laughs> hey, I just got Marvel Avengers on DVD. <laughs> Holy shit, thanks, Oprah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I actually appreciate this. I don't have this on DVD. That was great, right? This I is, knew you would. That was good. All right. Is that the end of the contest? All right. You win. I do. I and I feel good about it. Do you? I do. Especially because the prize. Based off the prize. Didn't you think you were going to win anyway? I mean, no. I had it planted under your chair. How do you do that? I mean, I understand. You just put it there. You're getting it anyway, regardless of nah. which one. Regardless of which one you picked was up there. You're, were you gonna say that that was the authentic one? <laughs> Ask. What? I was just gonna say, reach under your. Well, is it the one you thought? Or, it was? or I was gonna pull it out and give it to you. Or did you not? It was even... so perfect. What? What, what, what are you asking? Do you even have one that you consider authentic? Probably the same one that you picked. Okay. I had no idea this was a blockbuster box. I didn't look that deep into them. I was just putting DVDs away the other day. I think it was yesterday. And I was like, hmm. And then I was like, hmm. And then I was like, hmm. The coloring, the coloring, yeah, I didn't even realize that. I realized the shape. Especially because you didn't let me see them at the same time. I wouldn't have seen the color That was good. That was good to take it away from you. I said, I didn't really know how. But I knew it would play out pretty well. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I just got Avengers you, on hell DVD. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, like, to, like, anyone else, like, you know, someone maybe, like, 10 years plus younger, they might not care. But, like, we're still, like, old to the point where, like... We know what Blockbuster <laughs> is. We've been there. Yeah, and you'll hold on to that, you know? You hold on to that. You might pop it in just for nostalgic reasons in a couple of years instead of finding it to stream on the internet, you know? I'll just be, like, watching it, and I'll look over my friend and be like, you know, I won this in a contest. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you you absolutely <laughs> and the contest is like you have proof, you have a voice recording of the contest. Very true. They'll be like bullshit, and I'll be like, hey, sit back and relax. Max and Lou show late night, twenty twenty, September twenty, episode thirty one. There you go. Max and Lou show episode thirty one. Go find it. Max competes for his grand prize. And it's a good prize. That's going to you know what? See now, now I feel like for his grand prize. I'm gonna have to come back. <laughs> Let's go to the description. I'm gonna have to come back to you with something. Oh, dude, this show is gonna get real interesting. But here's the thing: it's gonna be a real contest. And if you lose, you gotta wait till next time to win your prize. And I feel like that should have been how this was. I I felt on the edge. Ooh, that's a good idea. I like that. I already have something in mind. So I will keep that a secret until next episode. All right. What do you got for me? All right. So, I mean, a lot has happened. Uh, We've talked a little bit about 
what I have in mind, but not so much on our, you know, opinions. So, I think I have an idea of what... (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I wanted to talk about was... Alright, you want to write it down, or do you want to talk about it? No, I just remember it. No, I feel like a dick for interrupting you. Keep going. No, well, you'll forget. No, I'll, I'll write it down. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have forgotten about it, but... So what did you, what were you saying, Max? What do you got for me? Uh, So, the PS5 showcase happened since our last podcast. Which is funny, because like I think I remember... Oh, we were talking about that on the last the podcast. Day- I was like, so PS5. And you were like, before the PS5, you like... <laughs> Positive yeah, because we talked about the Xbox. We, we've been talking about the PS5. Oh yeah, since the beginning, about. really, and it's coming by. You did know, we, did we like we probably brought it up in the first episode, maybe first or second. Yeah, we we've been talking about it practically nonstop for over a year, uh, but officially, we have a release date for the PS5. You're looking for a pen? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one. I, uh, I, got I don't one here somewhere. When's the release date for the PlayStation? Alright, so the release date for the PS5 has been announced, and it will be coming out November 12th. The reason why that no- that's so insane is because of how recent they announced it. That's in like eight weeks. Yeah, less. it's less than eight weeks, which like is insane. Well, yeah. Yeah, less than two months. Uh... You would think that if there is a console being released, that they would give their consumers longer than a month and a few weeks. You know? I feel like that was such a quick announcement time. I'm not complaining about it. If anything, it made people happy. You know, they're like, wow, it comes out in less than two months. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, I feel like what would people expect, though? Because it's been... It's been a long time coming, and it's like they knew that whenever the PlayStation was going to get announced, it was going to come out between November and January of whatever year. Yeah, it's true. Like, a difference of a month isn't a big deal. Because, like, in my mind, I thought it was going to come out, like, mid-December, not mid-November. When did the PS4 drop? December? I would assume. I I feel like... I think it was October. You think? Let's see. PS4... All I know is, nah. I, yeah, November 15th, 2013. Pretty much the same I had it on era. layaway for eight weeks, bro. Eight weeks I went to Kmart to, to put money down on that bitch. So what, that was uh, $400. So, yeah, I was going to say so 50 a week, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's actually that's a solid payment. Then I sold it so we can go in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lie, refer back yeah, to episode. What, you played. Oh, you I wish played, we could insert like, the episode number there. Uh, 17. I think. Could be 14, but it's probably 17. Um, it's called The Journey. The Journey, yes. Please. You know what? It's episode That's what seven. it's called, The yeah. Journey. It's called... Let's go back and listen to our episode titled The Journey. <laughs> I feel like it's episode 7 now. No. It's not 7? No. And it's not 14 or 17? Whoa. No. What is it? Jesus, where is it? Oh, 9. Nine. That's not bad. That's cool. It took us a while to get into it, but that's our only themed episode from front to back. Basically. We talked about one thing. If you want to word it like that, yeah. 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 
it's like a, it's like a, um, a, uh, how do I word it? Something like special event or, uh, not even, it's like, uh, like an honor, but not an honor, you know? I wish I knew more vocabulary. <laughs> and the word is on the tip of my tongue though. It's like a tribute All right, yeah. to our journey. Tribute episodes are useful every now and again. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the release date was announced for the PS5 for November 12th, as well as the price, which everyone has been debating on. But it pretty much came out to what people thought. Uh, but there's two models. There are two models. So the regular model with the disk drive is going to be 499 and the diskless version will be 399 is that 99.99 or just 99 uh, plus tax? Probably. Yeah, like it's yeah. I would assume 99.99, but it could be just 399. It just looks prettier. So we could just say 500 or 400. Uh and I've been thinking about it and I think I know why the other one's so expensive in comparison. Cuz we were thinking maybe it'd be a $50 difference, right? Between disc and discless, I'm assuming oh, that it costs yeah. so much because it's Blu-ray. Oh, that would make sense because it's like a high-performance disc drive. It's yeah. not like anything that just, just plays video games. It plays yeah. high-def uh, DVDs. It plays high-def video games. Because I, I don't know about Xbox. I, I don't think a $100 difference is too outrageous. It's not. You know what? In my opinion... What was the Xbox difference? It was the I same, right? I was about... To, well, yeah, I think it was a $100 difference, but I don't know if an Xbox can play Blu-ray. I don't think it can. I'll try and find out right now. Yeah, because, like, modern... I know that 360 couldn't, but, you know, they've moved on since then, so it's possible. But, um... No idea what I was talking about. Something talking about the PlayStation 5, dude. Sony's tattooed on your chest and you forgot what we're talking about. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It was something about the discless. Uh... It says your Xbox One, Xbox One S, or Xbox One X can <laughs> all play Blu-ray movies. Okay. Granted, hmm, hmm, you'll need to do one simple thing before actually being able to view the movies. What the fuck? I'm not going to click on the link and find out for you, but... So you just need to, you know... There's no straightforward answer on... on, Well, I guess I'm not on Google, but... It's like breaking into a phone. You know, it's going to be like, hey, so you just kind of... Got to fiddle with some stuff, and then you can play it. You probably can play it. I I can only imagine nowadays it's not that difficult. But... I guess, so what I was going to say, I I got my train of thought back. When you buy a PS5, let's say, discless, you have to buy digital games. That is a good thing and a bad thing. I didn't tell you yet, did I? Mm -hmm. This is perfect. This is perfect. This is what I need these fucking podcast notes for. Because I told Sean about it, and it makes absolute sense. Because granted, you have to buy the console outright to begin with. And there's going to be a $100 difference right away within a year, probably, maybe less. You're going to, you're, you're, you have to buy used games and you'll make your money back. Yeah. 
because you can only buy brand new games if you have a, a discless model. Kind of. It's more about it's more about the vice versa. What do you mean? Because you can always you know buy games on sale in the store, the digital store, but you can't sell digital games. Exactly. So the profit margin, if you don't care about keeping every game you buy, returning a game to GameStop or selling it on Facebook Marketplace or something, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get that money. So back it's weird because I feel like it's making like a new torn category between gamers, where like you're gonna have to be like devoted to either like that or like if like you were someone who like liked re- returning games and stuff like. You specifically, I know, like, the style that you've gone about with your games your whole life. You have, like, maybe a dozen discs right now because yeah. you, you, you're about the experience of the game. Then you get give the game back for what money you can. And you scrounge up some money to get a new game. Exactly. And If it's a game that do can that. just be completed and you can't do anything unique afterwards. It doesn't make any sense, really. Because, like... Well, it makes sense that's something, on a profit. That's something that some people might do to save money. Yeah. You know, and because, like, they can't afford brand new games all the time, so they trade in old games and get brand new games, whatever. And so say, so say like, you, you have to buy the cheapest model because you can't afford, because you're, you're you know, you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a budgeter. Hey, a hundred dollars, that's, you know, it's a fifth of the price. Yeah, I guess you're right. So it's, no, it's you, a... you, you should spring for it then if you're one of those budgeter guys who would do yeah. that. Yeah. And but that whole disc listing—it's so weird. I feel like it's just. But there's a lot of people who don't buy discs. It's going to be a market for people that just waste money, honestly. That buy games, don't play them. Oh buy yeah, games, I buy, mean, games, oh, buy games, play them for a little while, don't care. Yeah. They spent the money on them. There, yeah. I feel like I couldn't meet someone who uses Steam. And like every, how about this? Better way to put it. Hold on. Keep going. Every person who owns Steam has a game in their library that they've never played. There, I, I have never talked to someone who isn't like that. I know Sean has probably at least a dozen games he has never played. We, I know Alan is the same. Should we call him and try and find out? Go ahead. And I know he'll say it. There's no doubt in my mind. Alan definitely has games that he hasn't played. Uh, Mikey. Mikey probably has, like... At least like twenty or more games that he hasn't played. We're gonna get Sean on the phone here. Let's see. Let's late see what he late says. night. He'll pick up. He's got us. He's got Max on the with the Max and Lou show. Hey, Sean, what? I got a quick question for you. What? Do you have any any games in your Steam library that you don't play? No, any games that you've never played. Never. The words never, never played, never played before. What was that? A fuck ton. How many? A fuck ton. <laughs> like, that's a lot. Yeah. So that's like... Almost 200 games in my Steam account. I can't play all of them. So like, prob- at least more than 10. Yeah. Alright. Alright, cool. Just for verification, we needed to know. Okay. Later. He's like, fuck you, guys. <laughs> a fuck ton. Yeah, but that, that right there kind of proves it. Uh, and I know it for a certain. I have games. You know, and I like to play all games that I have. But there, it, it happens. When you buy things digitally, 
it doesn't feel like a purchase. Really. No, yeah, no, there's no, there's not as much, you know, attachment to it. It's like something yeah. you can put on your shelf, you know, it's like a little knickknack. You don't want to get rid of it. Yeah, there's going to be an attachment to it, but it's not, it's not as much as a physical attachment. Yeah, especially not immediately. Like, I've got examples like audiobooks. If I buy an audiobook, I don't just start listening to it. I'm like, okay, I have it. So, like, here's the difference, I guess, the, the, the best way I could put it, which I guess isn't necessarily a bad thing, though. But it's just the, the, the turning of times, you know? So, like, when I pick up, uh, let's see, like, I don't have, like, a lot of discs anymore, but, like, so, like... One of my old Inuyasha games, you know, for the PlayStation 2. If I can, if we can use the PlayStation 2 as a perfect example, and I go to, like, pick up my Inuyasha game, or, like, a Harvest Moon game, whatever it is. A game that you have memories with, and an experience with, it's there. It's right there. You know, the whole world is there inside that disc, yeah. you pop it into the console, that's where it is. So, like, nowadays, where, like, my Assassin's Creed games are... Uh, the Ghost of Tsushima is, the Greedfall is, all these awesome games I've been playing, they're on my console. So now it's like, my console's that thing where all the yeah. memories and the experiences lie. And 100%. It's, it, I, guess it's, I guess it's not too bad. It all, it, it all depends on the person. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that's why you can't really... I feel like you can't complain too much. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to... Oh, I'm not trying to... to um, over explain this, you know, just try, I'm trying to just keep well, it simple. No, you well, that's the hard thing. But I want to say you, you can't blame them as developers yeah. being that there's so many different people out there and they got to try and please everybody. Yeah. Like they, they can't make a dozen different consoles to please everyone. You know, they can make two models here. And exactly. If they got. decided, Hey, we're going discless, that would probably throw a lot of people out. I do think that. So this is an era. I can, you know, you know, go ahead and write it down and trademark me and not trademark, whatever. Just have it on record that I've said this. PlayStation 6 will most likely be discless. I feel like this is the transitionary period where they're trying their best to appease both sides. But, you know, six to seven years from now, it's probably going to enter a discless world. Uh, well, if you think about it, in the next 10 years, it might even be the next 6 to 7 years. The next one might not be a console. It might oh, just be a head, it might just be a straight up headset. It's or not even that. It could just be like something you plug in but your But then TV. again, but then again, I guess at that point they're going to have to work with the people who, you know, don't necessarily want just a headset. And still want the screen experience, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but that's that's always going to be an issue. We're moving so fast that what I was telling what I was telling Sean the other day was that I think consoles, <clears throat> I think consoles are becoming a thing of the past, and it's like a dying business. You know what I mean? It's something that they're kind of just holding on to the best they can, but like when you're looking at the grand scheme of where like we're going as like a civilization and how rapidly all these technologies are moving, like, consoles are just kind of, like, obsolete at this point. The, I, I hear what Especially you're saying, with PC gaming. but they've tried it. Well, no, see, that's the thing. If you're, like, like Stadia, you know what Stadia is? I've heard of it. It was, uh, it's the Google Stadia. It's the thing that we were talking about, how Google made a console 
that isn't a console. You just download it. It's kind of like Steam in a way. Okay. Because that's what Steam is. Steam is a console. If you really want to think about it, I mean, sure, PC. PC is the console. But if you go on Steam, you have every game that you could possibly want for PC on there. I kind of get what you're saying. They're a company. Yeah. So imagine a company that did the same thing, but instead of on a computer, it's just like on a TV. Well, Steam is a company that sells online games, right? Yeah. Because you could always buy a physical copy of a game and then just install it on your desktop, correct? Not really with PC anymore. PC doesn't make discs anymore. What? I mean... What is it then? It's like a code? No, it's just digital, yeah. You just... Download Steam? That's what they say? Oh yeah, on Steam. You, yeah, like I'm. I can. What? I doubt, and I'm. I'll be fair. I haven't looked it up, but I doubt you can find. I don't know. Name any game that's on PC. Sean said RuneScape's on Steam now. That's interesting. That's really weird. Name any PC game, which is hard because we're both not PC players. Zoo Tycoon. Zoo Tycoon doesn't count. I still have the disc that's, for it. Yeah, I was going to say. I could pop that bitch you in still my computer. Ha- yeah. <laughs> okay, like, let's say Modern Warfare or, like, Rocket League. Something that you can play yeah. on PC. You, okay, so, okay. I 100% would not believe you. I'd pay you money if you can find a PC disc to play those games. That you, makes so much sense, dude. You can only buy it online. So, if that's what it's weird, because, yes... A PC is a console, but it's not. That's not how I view it. A PC is a machine that can play games. But this is what I'm saying, though, is that the consoles are becoming obsolete because sure. PCs are becoming so cheap. Yeah. And what they can do is so much above what a console can do. So, like the console world is kind of like a means to an end. It's true. Like the best thing. And that these companies, they have... these companies weren't based in consoles. Yeah, they became some of their biggest revenue. You know, Sony and Microsoft. They're yeah. not. They weren't there to make video games from the start. Yeah, so, you or know, Nintendo. They had a few decades where they were racking in the dough, but it was a means to an end with the PC thing growing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fair statement. Like, I want to argue it because, you know, like, I like consoles more than PC. Oh, dude, I like my PlayStation. But I do I do hear what you're saying, that consoles, like, you're at, you, your concept of a... Like a big block. And it's a preference of how you want, how you want to have your experience, you yeah. know? Really? And, and where, I guess, you want to, like... It's all how you want to have your experience. And there's so many, you know, layers and other things that go and into that. There are so many people who would... N- not never, but they would hate to play a video game with a controller. They are all about the keyboard I know, and, and I mouse. was going to bring something up like that. And even just the interface of, you know, like, you enjoying whatever, the color and theme of the PlayStation, as opposed to... Having to be on a PC to access your video games. It's just an overall complete preference thing. Some people like to sit, like, in a chair at a desk. Other people like to lay down on a couch. Yeah, Dude, there's probably people that stand up to play video games. I I, I mean, I do it sometimes. I do it sometimes. Like, I'll stand for a few minutes if I'm, like... In front of the screen or oh, something. You, you remember Brandon. Dude, playing. Brandon's the one. He'll vouch. If he, if he comes back on again, he'll vouch for himself. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's interesting to see where consoles are going. I'm excited for it. Uh, I said the Xbox plays Blu-ray, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to know. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? It, there's news that I we haven't We were actually down. talking today about how like you never owned an Xbox. 
No? Yeah, me and Sean were talking about that. You never owned an Xbox before. And it's not that I don't Sean's like been, Xbox. Sean's, Sean's touched every Sean's touched every one. Oh yeah. Yeah, like everyone. Mm-hmm. I have But yeah, I don't know. It's it's not because I don't like Xbox, it's just that there's been well, very I, few reasons for me to I get also one. told him that you used to go over to Alan's house to play his Xbox, to play you Oblivion, because you couldn't, you didn't have anything uh, to play it on. Uh, not Oblivion, uh, Morrowind. Because Oblivion Morrowind. was on PS3. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's I what agree. it was. I agree, I agree. Like, I would do that too. I went to hang out with him, because you could play it on console, and that's so cool. Uh, so I don't know if you know about this. This was a very recent development. Uh, but Microsoft bought Bethesda. What does that mean? So do you know Bethesda? They do Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls, Fallout. Sean said I'd like Fallout. Oh, yeah. He said I'd love those games. And yeah, you like shooters, right? I'd probably like oh, They're all right. Cause... I could get into them. It depends on the Is it an RPG on the story. shooter. Dude, what am I seeing here? Do I have to click one of these? Or it does say used. Oh, it says used, huh? Yeah. I looked up Rocket League PC disc, but hey. it says collector's edition, doesn't it? Or limited edition? Oh, that's probably okay. All right. See, that's Xbox. What are we looking at here? Well, we are looking at the Rocket League collector's edition for Mac and PC. A disc for thirteen bucks. Yeah, tell me it's a disc. It has to be. I mean, like, what else would you be buying off the internet right here off of eBay? You know what? It could be a code. A code. Are you but, serious? But it's wait. Let me look in the item description. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I would See details. Sixty-five sold. Two available. Year, genre, item number, publisher. Very good. That's the condition about this product. What do you got for me? This this collector's edition includes the full original game. It still doesn't make me believe it's a disc, though. It just says it includes the full original game as well as four new vehicles and all the content found, etc., etc., DLC packs. Like, But it doesn't that say anything code. about a disc. Yeah. So, like, what it would... It would just be a code that you put in to, like, Steam. <laughs> code worked. Game's great. <laughs> Code work? That's the first code. Alright, so it's a code. Damn, dude, they're selling video games by just having a code now. You don't even need to have a physical copy of it anymore. That cuts costs by so much. Production by so much. A lot of, you know, I just thought about that. Because, like, Humble Bundle. If you buy a video game off of Humble Bundle, all they do is give you a code. And you just put that code into, like, Steam, and then you have the game. Dude. It's unbelievable, but it's believable. It's where we're at now. They're transitioning. And hey, it's cheaper. Uh, it, it, you know, you, if you want to say it, it's eco-friendly. You know, like it's it's less. It's so much less having to be done. You don't need to use machinery to make it. You don't need to worry about the waste afterwards. Like it's, I don't know. It's just a code. The only thing that sucks is that in that Let's case, look at it. You, good way to look at it, Max. Yeah, I mean, I feel that way, really. That's smart. But, uh, I don't know. I would have never thought about that, my ignorant ass. <laughs> I'm serious, well, The dude. environmental aspects? Yeah, no, I really wouldn't have. I mean, like, and on, on a beneficial, because, like, I could really only see downfalls to certain things, really. I'm, I'm an asshole. Sometimes, most of the time, in my own head. Anyway, 
the only positive thing that like I would have really said would have just been like, you know, in all um, effectiveness of business, that would just be the appropriate thing to do to cut the costs, you know? Yeah, okay. Like, I, I wouldn't blame them because it's just business. You know, you got to save money. I bet the reasoning is not environmental. The reasoning is 100% you're right, you're cost. You're right. You're probably right, actually. But they're, they're like, right, well, how do we promote this? <gasps> the environment. Yeah. Now they got Max and Lou out here vouching for them that they're <laughs> trying to save the environment. No, fuck them. <laughs> fuck GameStop. Keep <laughs> making games. Don't fuck GameStop. Bring them back. And you know what? If you think about it, like GameStop, have you noticed that, like, they transitioned hard into items. No, like like oh, yeah, the toys. Pop, pop, pop culture? Yeah, Is yeah. Like I thought you were going to say pops. pops. Oh, yeah. Because that's like... true. They sell pops. They sell trinkets and books and clothes and like all this random anime. shit. Yeah. They sell anime shit. They sell cosplay shit. Oh. They sell like fig the figurine, fig figurines. That's where I got oh, my, and high priced ones too. That's where I got my Dragon Ball, dude. I spent ten dollars on that Vegeta pin. Ten dollars. It's funny because I, I still never bought one, and I still want them. I still want the uh, the My Hero Academia ones. They look so good. Dude, it's so funny because I remember when we went there and I bought these uh, Dragon Ball Z pins. You were pointing out the My Hero pins, and I didn't know anything about it at that point. Oh, really? It we was, didn't even watch it. It's it probably like a few weeks or a couple months before. We watched it. Ugh. So, like, I remember seeing uh, Bakugo. And that makes sense because a couple weeks later, I saw the huge one of All Might, and I sent it to you. It was at FYE. It was just, like, like a foot tall. Yeah. And it's, like, $20 or... No, it was, like, $25 for one. Which, if you compare sizes... Well, they had at... At GameStop, I remember they had the Goku and Vegeta ones that were that tall? Yes, it, it was, was two a, in was one. A, yeah, and it was a Goku and Vegeta that were, like... Yeah. The, tall, the size of this speaker here, like, when they, well, well, they're not pins at that. Like, you can stick to your backpack, I guess. They just had so much cool stuff. Like, uh, like I even I ended up getting it. There's a like a, a key for a keychain, but it's a keyblade. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, Sean has one. Didn't you get it for it? Oh no, you got him the One Piece hat. Yeah. I feel like he's got a keyblade on his keychain. Most likely. I don't he even have to. mine on. I like it too much, so I don't put it on my keychain. I just have it in my room, so okay. it doesn't get all scratched up. Oh, come on. It's Mickey's key. It looks so good. Come on. And it was random. They give you, like, a 1 out of 12 keyblades, and it gives you the odds of, like, what it could be. Of course, you know, I wanted Oathkeeper. Oathkeeper looks so good. things, and they make money off of these things. That's how you make money. because like crazy is that all this shit's made in China. Oh well, yeah, under like terrible conditions. Well, maybe. <laughs> Most likely. Look, I, there's not. I don't. Most likely, it's made in China under terrible conditions. Are all of these cool so, ass little trinkets that we love to spend our money on? I feel like Just any. Saying. How about this? Just I'll saying. agree with you as far as like clothes. I still go spend my money. The toys are made in China too. Go pick anything up, and if it's just made in China, it's made in a factory yeah, in China. Guess, yeah, I guess. There's just a lot of you know factories there. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Like child labor factories, sure. This didn't even have to be child labor. I'm just saying that, like, you know, so bad conditions, poor conditions. Yeah, everything's gonna all these. It's crazy because, like, how do they do it? Is just what boggles my mind because, like, there's so many different things that they're selling at once, and it's like, how do they even make it fucking run? They just make one machine that makes one thing. 
uh, 500,000 times. But it's crazy because it's like, then like, all right, so you just said one, one machine. Or, or five. Like a factory. Yeah, but like one machine for one thing. So think about like one 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 show, like My Hero. So then you have My Hero pins, you have mini mini My Hero figures, you've got big My Hero figures, you've got My Hero stuffed toys, you've got My Hero posters, you've got My Hero everything. Alright, now think of the mass of other on granted it's it's mostly popular stuff, but then if it's not a popular thing, it's some stupid, you know, generic toy that you know, is for kids or something like that that yeah. looks cool and you'd still pick up. Not something you know, but it just looks cool. Sure, it's so like a pick... random action figure of like a SWAT guy. Yeah, or something stupid like a little fucking like uh I can't even think, but those dudes from Sonic. Oh man, Chow Chow? Yeah, like something that looks like that, like a little like, you know, a plushy plump, plump dude, yeah. like a little toy, like those like the mini pops, you know, something like that. But even like if it just, just some, just stupid cool shit that they that they make to sell that's not um, directed towards pop culture. Yeah. But you'd still pick it up and be like, yeah, I could use this, whatever. You know, like a little alien that you can hang from your fucking car or something like that. I had the one hanging in your car for years. Remember? Oh yeah. The little alien. Oh yeah. Super shit like that. So like all of the, all of the. Um, m- uh, all the popular stuff, all of the main popular stuff. Think about how deep all of that shit goes with all the types of little trinkets. Just like I said, how one show could have all the popular shit, then all the other bullshit that I just had to explain. Like, there's, I could, I could still only think of it of how you said it. One machine for every single one of those, though. So like that Vegeta pin, one machine's pumping out all those Vegeta pins. One machine's pumping out. All right, no. Shit. It's got to be some sort of I think I understand. way to mass produce these things. Yeah, I think it's it's like now, okay, the way it is now, which is why things like this exist where it's like like a pin or a pop. I think it's a machine a whole, with a program. Like maybe like a whole, a whole factory dedicated to making pins maybe. Yeah, and it'd be like, okay, you just type in like Vegeta and it knows just the program. It pumps out the Vegeta's. It'll make the shape. Yeah, it just pumps out the shapes. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. So I'm imagining like a company. You put in Bakugo dickhead. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> like I feel like it's different for different things. Like if the we're posters, talking... the posters you put in a code for what you want on the poster, just oh, one hundred percent. As far as posters go, dude, yeah. posters they probably make so much fucking money off. They probably them, spend like ten cents per poster, <laughs> and we're that. spending if that, yeah, if that, especially bro. with the mass probably, producing. They, yeah, they probably spend fractions of pennies on oh some of them. God. How Dude, do we get we onto did, this topic? We, we just talked about how what, the one uh, new invention episode where you can the copy and paste. Yeah. We're going to be able to make our own posters for practically free soon. Dude, you're going to make all your money back off your posters and save money for the rest of your life on posters. Yeah. Well, we're on. Well, we're on the topic, and so we can get off the topic of all this crazy China shit. But just stay aware, people. Let's jump in. New invention. New invention. All right, guys, we're here. New invention. Max has got the price. The price is right. What are we doing this week? What do we got this week? Well, this what week. What are we using this week? This week, we have an astounding product that you can use. 
if you have a lot of money. Uh, this week we have an item called... Oh, I liked your act so far, though. That was good. Yeah. If you have a lot of money, like, you sounded like you were in, like, game. a cart- cart- cartoon or something. I was trying know? hard to be game host central. Like, behind door number one is the Water Walker and Spa. Whether you're a fitness freak or a health-conscious person like me, <laughs> you're going to love this aqua treadmill. Water Walker and Spa has a striking similarity with a modern bathtub and comes with a moving surface at the bottom for walking or even running. Probably the best part about this aqua treadmill is the ability to let you carry your workout at your own pace. For instance, you can fine-tune the speed and go about doing your workout. What's more, it also works admirably as a spa bath so you can relax after a rigorous rigorous workout. (laughs) So I I just went off on everything about the, uh, it's called the Water Walker and Spa. Did it say that you could take a bath in it too? Well, that's kind of what it was saying. It also works as a spa. All right, so basically what it is to dumb it down. It's a water get treadmill. To the point. Yeah. It's a, tre- <laughs> it's a treadmill that you're underwater in. Yeah, I would say up right about to your waistline, maybe a little higher. It's like if you, it's like if you filled your shower. <laughs> it's like if you put your treadmill in your shower and filled it up to your neck with water. Pretty much. Uh, but it's really healthy for you. I've heard that this is like doing any sort of underwater training as opposed to actual like physical um uh, like impactful stress. Yeah, on your I was joints. gonna say it's probably better on your joints by tenfold. Phenomenal, and you still get the strength. That's the thing. You still get the the same type, like not the same type, but the same strength training. You know, you still get stronger. You still build muscle, but it's just better on your joints. It's interesting because you know, it's tiny in a sense. You know, it's probably. A, it's about the size of a treadmill if you made it, you know, fully square up to your waist. Uh, the only thing is, it's the same thing as walking in a pool. There's really no difference unless, you know, well, you could say the same thing about a treadmill. What's the difference opposed no, to right, walking? You're right. If you, you could get in a real pool, four feet, five feet, and then just run back and forth. Yeah. More or less the same thing. So, but if, 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 if you have a lot of money, yeah, exactly, and you just want one of these bad boys in your basement, well, it would cost you the a low, low price of $89,000. <laughs> what? So, if with you know, you have to really question do you want that water walker and spa, or do you want like a new fucking house? Because, like, that's kind of your choice. <laughs> Yeah, eighty. Yeah. You could get right there, like four or five big pools with that much money. Yeah, right. If you're willing to get this, you can afford an in-ground pool, like a whole fucking um, like jungle spa put in your backyard, landscaped, hardscaped, cemented in, all the fucking trees and wildlife put in. Yeah, that's it, it's an insane number. But the funny part is, in like ten years, this technology will probably get so cheap that you know you'll be finding these in gyms everywhere. There'll be lines of them in gyms. I I can fully see it showing up in gyms because in if this like if this is something if this is something that the price drops down to about thirty thousand, 
gyms will be buying them. Yeah, gyms have yeah. the money to buy them, especially in cities where they're like well off, you know, really, yeah. really well off, uh, high, high paying gyms. I don't know why, but I am a hundred percent picturing just locations in Japan that are like, yeah, like insane, like superhuman training centers. That's like, I'm picturing like Goku, Goku <laughs> you know, running underwater. See, that's the thing. You know, we are Train laughing about it, but Train there is such a good chance that walking in one of these will improve a workout beyond like, you know, like this is what leg I believe. lifts or whatever they're called. I believe that we are still kind of on like a, a course of, you know, survival of the fittest. Whereas in if your genes aren't optimal for health. You know, you're, 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 you're going to die out. If you're not healthy or attractive, you're going to die out, basically, <laughs> you know. And not to sound rude, but, like, it's going to happen. And where we're going is it's going to be such a big rift, if anything, where you're going to have extremely unhealthy people. And you're going to have superhumans, people that are training underwater, that are getting... IV vitamins that are, you know, taking supplements and steroids. Isn't there steroids legal in Russia or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I've heard that, like, in other countries, it's not illegal to take steroids. And they give them to their army, I think, in certain countries. Yeah. That was most definitely done in the past. I could be mistaken if it's something that's still being done. But, like, there is probably some crazy biological superhuman studies going on. You know, in other parts of the world. Isn't, wasn't that how, like, Wolverine was created? He had, like, mercury put inside his body. He was, like, a test subject. Oh, he, he already had. He was already a supernatural being. Yeah, yeah. But that's how he, that's how he became metal. So. Are steroids illegal in the U.S. for personal use? I don't even think steroids are, are legal in the... I don't think they're illegal in the U.S. They might be illegal to buy from certain sources... But they deemed them illegal in bodybuilding competitions. So that's why everyone thinks yeah, steroids are illegal. That's the thing. They're illegal you for like competitive yeah. reasoning. So, so even sports too. That's why yeah. like when baseball players get caught pissing dirty. But why, like that's why everyone says, how do you think those guys knock the balls out of the park? It's because they're juicing to, mm-hmm. to um, you know, they're still working out. But they got to juice to get that fucking strong. The only thing I can find is smuggling steroids is illegal, <laughs> clearly. I mean... I don't think the word smuggle implies that any, yeah, right. any smuggling anything. But, <laughs> don't get caught. But it's... what's funny is that, you know, compared to other things, it doesn't seem also, you know, dramatic. It's saying uh, $1,000 fine, maximum of one year in prison, which is a lot, but if we're comparing it to... Can, can you Google something else? What? I want you to look up, do any governments give their army steroids? That's right, I said, do any hmm? governments give their armies steroids? An army, just put an army. I said military. Are steroids used for military? Service members know that steroid use is illegal, and that's for... This is for the U.S. military. Yeah. I don't want to see this. That's what you got to word it the way that I worded it. So what was it? Do any? Do governments use steroids for their army? 
future of steroids for performance enhancement in the U.S. Oh, they're planning it, bro. Superhumans. Doping soldiers <laughs> so they fight better. Is it ethical? Dude, I could have sworn that I read that. I might have even heard Rogan talk about it on his show, but it was either something in the past or something that's going on in other countries now. <sighs> well, they just say that during... Um, it's not surprising to me, though. During the Vietnam War, the U.S. Army did use drugs. Yeah, there we go. Steroid injections. Maybe that's what it was then. Maybe that's where I heard about it. I could use some steroids. <laughs> For what reason? Be superhuman. Just do be stronger. Pick up bigger rocks. <laughs> when? How about this? In what day-to-day activity are you like, man? If only I could lift a bigger rock, this would really help me. Hey, man, have you ever seen the size of rocks that Superman can lift? It's not about if you can. It's about if it really helps you in your life. Oh, but if I could lift a big rock, I could lift lots of stuff. <laughs> Of course. It makes sense. You know what's something I've thought about? All you have to say is I wish I could lift a heavy rock because then you can lift anything that's heavy after you lift a heavy rock. This is a really weird thing to bring up. I don't need super strength. I just need to be able to lift a heavy rock. What is it? It's a very common verb. It's also something that is considered very important while playing a video Verbs game. It's action, right? Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Like the commercials we used to see as a kid. <laughs> sure. It's action. It's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a very common thing to hear. Okay, the word jump in a video game—that's ridiculously important, right? Jumping is one of the most common things you do in a video game. Yeah, and if you can't, they kind of suck most of the time. Tell me the last time that you needed to jump in my life. Yeah, just the last time you thought, or forget needed. Like, when was the last time that you you? Jumped. You're talking to a fit person. Well, sure, but like, we, there's no logs that you've been on a jog and had to hop over. Like, it's, I'm trying to, like, when do people jump anymore? Like, absolutely for their survival. Sure, yeah. Even if it's just like jumping over a mouse. Like, you're saying, like, why do you, like, yeah, and I'm not even talking about like stepping over, like, like, a res- jump. like resistance. There's resistance there, something that forces or, or you to something jump. coming your way a and you force, jump over. A yeah, force that makes you jump. Like, hmm. I I can't not including a time where I like looked at something and was like, okay, I want to jump over that. You know, if I'm not counting something like that, there has not been an instance in my memory where I've just had to jump i find it very off-putting because i only thought about it because like in video games it's important to jump almost in every single video game jumping needs to be there to get over obstacles or you know you jump up to grab a ledge it's like any obstacle excuse me that you really have to jump for in life like physically there's usually another way around. Climbing. Yeah, like if it's a jump, it's like a three-foot little hop. Yeah. Like, if we're going to talk... Like or me, like it's I not necessary that jumping. you go... Or it's not necessary that you go there. That's the thing. We're talking about like... Yeah. You having to jump. Like... 
like if you're hiking, yeah, there's things that you're going to jump over. If you want to get to a unique spot, you might have to jump over, like we're saying, like a little gap over rocks or something like that. Like pretty steep fall might be like three feet gap that you leap over. Yeah. You don't have to do that. No, but... you can go around it. You know? Or no, maybe, maybe you can't go around it. But like, well, but but I would consider is... that an instance of having to jump. I guess so, but you don't have to be out there. I guess. And you don't have to go sure, over there. Sure. You don't have to. But I'm just saying, I guess in, re- in regular life, like jumping feels like, like I, such an important thing. Like I'm trying to think, like like absolute need to jump, absolute need. Like the only thing because, I can think of is jumping down, which in a weird way shouldn't be considered a jump. And you don't have to, because I do that. Like if I'm getting out of a truck, I jump usually. All right, yeah. And I only do that because I'm me. You know, we're yeah. like little ninjas. And I know that. And now that I'm like 26 years old, shouldn't like, be jumping well, out of pickup. It's not good for the knees. No, it's not, <laughs> not going to be. So like, or the back, you know, you're landing. It's it. a whole. Oh. So like, be careful. Be wise when you choose to jump. But it's not like you have to, you know, you could step down out of a truck. Yeah. I jump up onto things usually if I'm like getting, if it's something that I like. It's especially like steps. If, yeah, you're, if you're going like the porch, I'll skip the two little steps and just jump up. Yeah, or like the deck. That The deck outside when I'm walking over to turn the hose on, yeah, I always jump example. up back onto it. I don't walk around to the stairs that are three feet All next right. to it. I just jump back onto it. But yeah, I don't know. I found it interesting and I want everyone but listening act- right active. now to you know, think about we that. Move. We move, you know? Yeah, we are active. Like, and we were very active as teenagers. So oh, like yeah, we, if we're talking kind, about that kind of sticks with us, we're like we're gonna jump up onto stuff naturally, yeah, as opposed to walking around to the stairs because we we're just that's instilled in us as well as down. We jump also up. shortcuts. We, shortcuts are good to know. Jump large distances. We sometimes we would just put one like rock. Next we would to another do, rock and see if we could jump from one. We would take our our uh, boxes that we had skateboarded yeah, that's, on. That's kind like of what sk- I was saying. Uh, yeah. I didn't know how to word it for people, but like a box that you skate on. Yeah, so just a, a big skateboarding box that you couldn't really move easily. Yeah, with like rails on the side of it. You do ollies onto it and stuff if you know about skateboarding, but just wooden boxes. We would just inch it further and further away. Like, like literally like 15, 20 feet apart too. We would like run and jump from one yeah. box to the other box. Just seeing how far <laughs> we could possibly make it. If we ever had to jump across a rooftop. Because we thought we might just like... Yeah. But we, hey, we it's were in ambitious. there. It's in there. We know though. Like now we like... It's in our bodies, bro. Instinctively, like, you know, the numbers will fall and be like, back in ninth grade and we put those boxes together, I jumped 21.5 feet. And I know that if I want to jump 22 feet, it has to be at a lower elevation. And all of that's going to happen without thinking. Well, now it flashes forward 10 years from now. And Max is working in an office and he's wearing a suit. And then it's like the Matrix all over again. And he has to run up to the top of the building and there's men in suits chasing him. And he has no choice but to light his cigarette and then throw it right away and jump. Jump as far as he can. So he just runs. He just runs. He starts sprinting. He thinks about the boxes. He thinks about being 14 years old. And he thinks about the 22-foot jump. And he does it. And he jumps. And he even side flips because it's just that instinctive in him. And he side flips over an entire 22-foot gap of 15-story high buildings. And he lands. Um, uh, uh, recovery rolls. And, and then I wake up in my Segway chair. <laughs> <laughs> just... 
And I'm like, no, I don't move anymore. Man, that that was a good dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, back to work. Yeah, right? And then I just roll off as a big ball. You don't even make noise, you just move. Oh, it's it's silent. You know that's going to be a quiet chair. (laughs) You're just going to hear everything on the floor. Wow. Alright, well, I think it's about time. For the unit of language. For the unit of language. For a look into the words we use and the power they can hold, join us in Unit of Language. Alright, so we got a word for you guys. And the word comes from more response that we got in fan mail. Actually, true. We so, have uh, a message from our friend Gerard. Uh, Gerard's emailed us in the past, and um, he listens into the podcast, and he knows of our unit language segment, obviously. So he shot us a message and gave us a word that we should talk about. Yeah, and the the word he gave us is uh, not easy, but you know what? Anything in life that isn't easy is not worth doing or something, right? Etc. Yeah. Put that poster on your wall. So the word that we have for this week is colloquial. So colloquialism. Colloquialism. What's colloquialism? How about this? First, colloquial. Uh, for those who don't know, the word colloquial pretty much means... Uh, using an ordinary or familiar conversational word as opposed to formal or or something literary. Uh, the only example I can think of at the top of my head would be, I'm trying to think, probably like uh, sweet, you know, like or cool or awesome or, you know, like, if you try to use something like that, you would use those words in conversation. But if you're talking uh, like formal, you would say like, I don't know, exquisite, uh, uh, fabulous, outstanding, something along those lines. Uh, it's hard to think of many other examples. But uh, go ahead and give us a colloquialism. I think it's something along the same lines. Colloquialism here, it says, uh, or colloquial language is the linguistic style used for casual communication. Okay. So, basically what they're saying is a characteristic or appropriate to spoken language or writing that seeks effective speech. So, it's it's almost like slang Mm -hmm. is what they're saying. It's like, it's just, it's like slang talk, you know? It's informal speech to get the point across, right? I'm looking at examples. And one of the examples is the word ain't, or gonna. Because in, you say gonna instead of going to. And in a formal document, you would never see the word gonna, you would see going to. Ain't. You know, you would say... Yeah. Or not. Yeah, or, or depending on, yeah, it's... Ain't, what kind of word is that? And you put it, you put a little, uh, what's the top comma? Uh, 
an apostrophe. That's what it's called, an apostrophe? Yeah. I always get, I always think an exclamation mark is apostrophe. I don't know why. But exclamation mark, exclamation mark, obviously. But, yeah, so, like, you even put the apostrophe in the word ain't when you spell it. And it's, like, it's not like it's a yeah, real ain't. word. Exactly. Uh, and you spell it like it's a real word, but it's not. That, that would throw so many fucking people off. I bet people don't really use it. When they use it colloquially, they probably don't even put the apostrophe. They just say, you know, ain't. Mm-hmm. But ain't, you know, it's like, I ain't gonna do that. That means I am, am not. not going to do that. Yeah, ain't. I'm not. So I, I think informal slang, um, all those words work for it, 100%. And I guess to bring it up, when I, I guess like what does it mean to us to talk informally because when i think about it like when i'm with my parents i would say that's a good example i try my best to talk you know formally and less slang you know like i don't like if if my mom says something cool i'll never be like i bet <laughs> I'd never say that to her. She'd be like, excuse me. And, uh, or at a job, you know, it's like, you say like, okay, cool. Like, okay, fabulous. You, it's like, so you're like your boss, unless you're speaking with like the guy next to you. Yeah. I'm like, all right, word, I got you, bro. I think colloquial language is very important. It's a way to be comfortable, to not feel, uh, pressured or... To feel like you need to be, I don't know, formal. It's strange because I feel like, yeah, it's strange because I was just going to say, I feel like there shouldn't be any quote-unquote formal way that you should have to speak. But, like, if you get up in front of, you know, a group of people to speak, unless you're somebody who's, like, unless you're going up to deliver a speech. No, not even that. Like, in, like I'm saying, like, a lecture. Unless you're going up to deliver, like, a lecture and you're, like, teaching stuff and stuff yeah. like that. Like, it's different. You might then be a little more colloquial. You know, now we can use that word. But if you're actually getting up to give like a lecture, like an important lecture to a bunch of people or a speech or something like that where you're not necessarily just uh, giving your views to people, you know, like an art artist would or a teacher would, you know. Yeah. If you're more just like someone trying to get the point across, you're going to want to speak more, I guess, formal or professional is the way they would word it. It's true. You, you, want, you want to give off that form of like i i want to be respected while i'm speaking not like i'm sitting down with you at a bar mm-hmm. so it makes a lot of sense uh it's important for both of them really in my opinion uh, you know colloquial language yeah it, it feels i don't know it feels like a a smart it's, it's interesting that the word even exists but it is important you know, being able to go, especially so, if you have a job in the public. Here on Word Hippo, it says that the opposite of colloquial, they give a bunch of words, is the main one's formal, bookish, correct, cultured, intellectual, intelligent, esoteric, sage, highbrow, standard, literary, knowledgeable. So these are all words that would be like the opposite of colloquial talk would be talk that would be studious, cultivated, skilled, sapient. Yeah. 
Now I want to know what some synonyms for the word colloquial are. Oh. Those were antonyms. I have them right here. No, you don't. So colloquial. He's a, he's a wizard, guys. <laughs> colloquial synonyms would be informal, conversational, casual, natural, unofficial, familiar, chatty, friendly, and this is apparently a word, slangy. It's weird that there's a there's a distinction between formal and informal, but it's obviously there. Like, you wouldn't speak to your parents in most cases. Like, you'd speak to your friends or, you know, your um, your authoritative your authoritative figures. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like the best example, really, in that I can think of is as you start growing up through middle school and you start cursing a lot. You know, and you you'll have random curses. You slang more. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, this is so fucking cool. You would never say that in a formal aspect. You would be like, this is phenomenal. Or, you know, it's about emphasis. You wouldn't curse. And I think curses are 100% a colloquial thing to use. And sure, I feel like there are different aspects, you know. The one thing I'm thinking about is there has to be circumstances which is formal or educational but you're trying to give off this presence of familiarity and comfortability. Yeah. And like the example like, I feel like it's built into you as a human. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm imagining like motivational speakers who are like kind of aggressive and they'll be like, You can do it. It's your fucking life. Like we've been you know, <laughs> we've been using sound for such a long time that it's gotta be such a big part of our survival and you know, knowing how to talk and Using, in what circumstances? Using, using cues and using your voice, but I know that there's been science done that says that cursing is like good for alleviating pain, and like says that like you know people that curse are more apparently more honest, which I guess would mean that like if you're letting more out, like more excess energy, I guess you're not holding as much back, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't can imagine get too the, deep into it. I can only imagine the person listening feels the same way. They're like, well, since they're cursing, they're not like bullshitting. They're just being real, you know? Yeah, because it's all falling out, yeah. you know? But, they're not being formal. They're not, they're not continuing to be formal past the point of where formality is not needed anymore. Because like you said, it's an area, it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at it at a survival standpoint where like if you, because human interaction is important and being able to have successful human interaction is important if we're talking in terms of survival. And, you know, it might not seem like, you know, day basis if you live in a civilized world like we do, even denser cities, that, like, survival is that important like that, but it is. You need to know how to, you know, have yeah. a, a Well, because in our successful. life, that is where survival is. You know, it's not fist fighting exactly. anymore. Now it is kind of about words. So, what I was saying was that, oh, so the, the past formality thing, so like that, so like, you... Yeah, of course, you should be formal, you know, you should have a certain structure of of of, uh, of language and um, uh, presence, I guess, the way you present it, you know, you should have a certain way that you present it when you meet somebody, and that's probably part of survival tactics yeah. to a point where then, once you get comfortable with somebody, once you realize this person isn't so much of a threat or isn't a threat, you know what I mean, then you can break the walls down a little bit more, get a little more uh, co, 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 colloquial. colloquial, you know what I mean? 
But if you don't get colloquial with anybody, then it's like, what, what are you fucking hiding? If you're not, you, you know what I mean? But I'm uh, not curious, even, but does but this, that work is, the other well, way? Well, this is where I'm going with this, though, because not everyone curses like, you know, we curse. They don't say bad words like fucking shit. True, and yeah, Asshole, yeah. motherfucker, you know? Like, <laughs> the the whole thing is, it's... Because it's sound. Language is sound. So the way I'm looking at it is like the... and. I would love to look more into these studies to see if anything I'm saying is verifiable, but so like the cursing, and I'm pretty sure they've done this for like tattoos and stuff. So like pain, it's a it, cursing helps you with a pain response, but it's not just like so like if your entire language is nothing but like five words, you're gonna say something. You know what I mean? There's gonna be something that comes out in the same dialect. That a curse word would, you know, it's colloquial talk. That's what it is. You know, there's going to be those same because it's different in every language. Every language has their own quote unquote curse words. You get what I'm saying? 100%. So like even if and five words might have been a bad example, but say your say your vocabulary ex, uh, consists of everything except curse words. You're still going to have those moments where you're like, ah, poop. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Like. Or you'll, ah, you can toilet water. Yeah, you can like, use an you'll use an innocent word, but you kind of just scream it out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, I feel like that's I don't know where I was going with that, but that's like that because I think we brought up the cursing and how like it's colloquial. You know, cursing is colloquial. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with well, that. Well, no, I, we're that's just a, talking about no, it's 100 percent true because the, I don't know another way that I'm viewing it. Because you can argue whether or not is cursing colloquial. I think it is because I'm trying to imagine in a formal because, setting. Because that's how you act when you're not in a when you're in a non-formal yeah. setting. This is what I'm saying about like how you 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 made it you you were the one that made it click in my head about how like at first you're formal always even with your family, but then you kind of you get more colloquial, you know, you yeah. grow out of it. And it's not just curse words, though. Like you were saying, when you become a teenager, the curse words start slipping out more. Mm-hmm. But it, even if you didn't have curse words, you would just be getting more colloquial, I guess. Yeah. This is where I was trying to get with that. That was the exact point that I guess I was trying to get back to with that. It makes a lot of sense. It just, you know. We didn't know how we were going to talk about this word, and I think it's working out great now. No, it's I'm, true. I'm, and we're learning. Once we're breaking it down a little bit, we understand it. Uh a little, a little, <laughs> at least a little. Colloquial little. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I try to think about if someone in a professional setting would talk colloquial, just very colloquially. Colloquially, uh, I I don't know. Is it a quite? It kind of makes me question. Would I? I don't know if respect is the right word, but like, would I respect them less? Would I view them less as an authoritative figure if they didn't act formal? I feel like there's a bad, like you said, like it's so strange because, like, so I'm thinking of like an office setting. For yeah, instance. yeah. It doesn't just, even have to be an office setting. So let's say, it's like, a great example. Let's we can do two office setting and like retail store. Yeah. Because I've 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 worked through places like Home Depot and I've seen how like their managers can get all of their employees in one circle in the morning to talk to them before the day goes on. Yeah. So it's like, there's multiple different settings. Anyone listening, you pick your setting, but where it's a group of people that you work with and you've got the head person that's there to deliver the formal speech. So there's, 
there's walls. That's the only way I can metaphorically describe it of, of, you know, them speaking that they can break. And if they break, you know, that's when things can get informal and unprofessional and, and I guess, quote unquote, hostile if we're talking in like, you know, the survival terms of things. Because, you know, people get thrown into fight or flight when we brought up the anxiety in other episodes and people having things just even said to them. They get thrown into flight or flight or just thinking about certain things. So if you got a guy that's up there that's just saying like, all right, so uh, today we're going to check off this and uh, check off that and um, make sure everyone gets this done today. And he's, But he's speaking very like formally, colloquially. But then you got another guy who's just nonchalant. And he's like, all right, so great, guys. We got this checked off. And um, so, uh, you know. Well, uh, that would be colloquially. Yes, you're right. Yeah. The other guy was speaking formally. Yeah. So the other guy was speaking colloquially. And he just might throw out a word like, all right, so, uh, all right, everyone. Let's cut the shit today, and let's get it done. You know, like, he just threw that out there. You know, he was a little colloquial. He, he said something informal, yeah. but in a, in a formal speech, you yeah. know? And, and I it feel is like, questionable which one is more effective. But I feel like it's important, though, to, like, like mend the barriers, though. True. Because, like, yeah, the way that I—now I, I want to kind of view it the other side— Instead oh, I brought of, that up because you brought up someone speaking colloquially. Yeah. Well, how they would... Well, yeah, it's... it's it, especially if you would trust them. You said some, if you would trust them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or See, I want a, I want a boss that's going to be colloquial and not, but, not... But I guess what I'm saying is like... Not super you, tight and formal. I, I'm imagining someone you don't know very well. Because colloquial kind of goes with familiarity. So if, the longer you know someone, the more, more colloquial, colloquial yeah. they will be. Of course. So I guess I'm thinking what... Like someone you just met who's supposed to be an authoritative figure that you're supposed to respect and think is, you know, you're supposed to think is better than you. Sure, that's how it kind of works in any type of work environment. If there's a boss, he is more important. He is authoritative and formal. And if he comes off not that way the first time you meet him, does the respect drop a little? If he's taught, if, you know, if he's... I guess it all depends on like the individual. The, you know what? Great example would be The Office. Have you ever watched The I Office? I guess it depends on both individuals. Yeah, I never have. True. I never have. So, like, The Office is a good example only because the the boss, Michael Scott, he's just kind of a moron. That's, um... Uh, Steve Carell. Yeah. So, like, the way he talks to people, like, he says that's what she said, trying to be cool with people, and, like, he's trying to be... His whole thing is... I don't want to be their boss. I want to be their friend. So he's like way too colloquial. Way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like he tries really hard and it comes off bad because they're looking at him like a boss. And he's like trying to fit in so hard. Too. He like, wants he's, to be cool. Yeah. And it's just it. The show makes it. I feel like not, I've seen like. It comes. Yeah. That's, I've, seen that's like, whole I've, thing. I've seen that happen. I've seen, yeah. I must have seen clips so I feel like stuff. that's a I've great example. Episode. I feel like that kind of proves that you need a little bit of formality no you do you need to, in a work environment the thing is when it comes to leadership positions and those being the ones that are supposed to deliver the powerful words whenever it may be those are people that are also supposed to have that sense of awareness that like the right time. Exactly. And this is why I'm saying the walls need to be broken in order for like good leadership to happen because you need to be able to reach out to other people, be colloquial or or be, you know, informal 
but at the same time, keep your authoritative respect and figure and show that, you know, you're the boss, you're the one that knows what has to be done, what what is going on, you know, you're you're the one with the brains, even though you could get, you know, a little down with the lingo sometimes and, and, yeah. and you know. Yeah, no, I can respect that. I, shoot the shit with a few people, I guess. I think you that's know? well said. And I'm trying to think now of the exact opposite. Where, in a sense, now now this is where the viewer can kind of think about it a little more. About how you should utilize colloquialism. There are a lot of people out there who... Don't use it. Just don't well, utilize it. Well, I'm saying like with your friends or with people... I'm saying the word. Don't ever use this word. Uh, yeah, don't be like... You know, you're no not one, being very colloquial right no now. One in, no, one in, no one in an office or anyone you know probably even knows this word. Yeah, right? Like, you're talking to your boss and you're like, you should be a lot less colloquial. They'll be like, what the fuck you just call me? And be like, you know, you know. Right there, right, case. right yeah. there, Jim. He's <laughs> uh, like, what the fuck ever. Go back to your office. I guess what I'm saying, though, is like, like a friend, okay? Like, if you're with a friend... There, there probably are people who are not, well, not, I'm not going to say, like, well-adversed for a conversation, but some people are a little less... Well, some people aren't friends like me and you are friends, where they've known each other since they were children. Yeah. Some people may have just met someone at the bar or at the vape lounge or at Target or sure. wherever. You know, someone might have just met someone today or three years ago or three months ago and, you know... You meet new people and you hang out on occasion, you know. You, you've been telling me about new co-workers that you've been becoming friends with and hanging out with. So, you know, I'm sure there at first was an area of formality oh, when you met these people. A, and now yeah. you've gotten more colloquial. I, I was gonna, uh, It's actually a very good point because, yeah, I would say we didn't know each other well. But when we would talk to each other, it was relatively formal. Sure. And I think that's kind of where it fits in and like, okay, you have to know when to say certain things, like occasionally, if it works with what I'm saying, I'll throw a curse out there or something. And I think we should bring this back even farther, though, because before you ever speak, which is like, you know, a step in the steps of interaction with anything in environment, before you actually speak at something or to something, you seek a response from something with your voice, you're, you're, you're using other senses, whether it's intuitional senses that we could get more, you know, spiritual and philosophically into, okay. but just your eyes, you know, so you could look at someone and say, I might get along with them, you know, yeah. they, they seem pretty chill, you know, they look like someone that, you know, and sometimes there's assholes or assholes and people have negative shit inside of them or they're having a bad day and they snap on people and that shit happens. So you might get the wrong impression of someone first. True. You know, it's just the wrong impression of someone at the wrong time. But usually you can see somebody and get, get a pretty good look of how you could go up to them and talk to them. Or if, if you could go up to them and uh, formally speak to them. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah. I want to keep saying non-colloquial, but I don't think that's a word. No, it's, I mean... It's, I guess it is if you hyphenate it, right? Can, no, non-colloquial is probably a word. Non... We're Googling it. Non-colloquial. Alright, two words, but non-colloquial. So you wouldn't hyphenate it if you were using it, like, writing it? I mean, I'm not actually What's the hyphenating for in, in words like that, non-something? I feel like I've seen that, you know what I mean? Uh, when something is a non-hyphen... 
Unless I'm wrong. I don't know about non, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Non-colloquial. It, All right. So. It's it's a thing. All right, cool. I love I love I love improving my vocabulary. <laughs> Dude, I'm a philosopher. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a thinker, so like it's important to me to be able to express myself and the more words that I have to be able to use, the better I can express myself. And that's why we got the unit of language, baby. It's a good one. So I don't think we need to keep speaking about colloquial. We've been talking about it for I, quite a I while. I think now, but we, we have taught ourselves as well as I'm sure a few of our viewers. Uh, I guess I guess, you know, to kind of finish off the cast, think about the way that you use your colloquial language. Uh, realize, you know, there are not bad times. Well, there are definitely bad times to use colloquial language, but I'm saying that there are good times to use it. It can improve a scenario. You know, if you're feeling shy in a scenario and you feel very timid and you have to act professional, sometimes being colloquial will help that. It helps, like you said, it makes you feel more at ease. It, it makes you feel more, you know, like, uh, this like this person isn't hiding anything. He's just talking and you know shooting shit, which is definitely a colloquial term. And I feel like colloquialism goes; it's universal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like not to bring ethnicity into this or anything like that. Neither one of us are racist or anything like that. We've got broad spectrum of friends. You know, we just love we love people. So like I've I've always gotten along with different ethnicities though that's the thing and it's like you could tell though when someone comes from a different culture that their entire vocabulary is different oh, yeah. but that doesn't mean that you can't get along with them and that doesn't mean that at first both people aren't going to try and maybe speak a little more f- formal before they get colloquial with each other. It's, you know? Yeah, and I, and I feel like it's almost like in, if a in, white dude if a white dude is sitting in a cubicle next to a Latino dude. You know, they're still going to bullshit together at some point after being having to be formal at first because, you well, yeah. know. It, it's almost like an unwritten rule that's just in your brain without having to be told. That's We've what, never yeah. talked about so this before. That's why I was like saying that like survival tactic thing about yeah. it, you know. It's like you, you it's almost in you to be formal at first. And yeah, then, like you, you don't want to get off the wrong impression. And, and that's you, probably why you do it with your parents until you get to a point where you're exactly. like, fuck this. Yeah, eventually. Literally, like, you're just like, fuck yeah. this. It's funny to imagine <laughs> that like when it comes to friends, that term of uh, professionalism and formalism deteriorates way quicker. I don't need to be professional with you. Well, Fuck this. Yeah, exactly. When, with friends, it must go away within either days, weeks, minutes, or months. Minutes yeah, sometimes yeah. when you're young. Yeah, but you know, the more formal the person is on the other side, it takes longer. Like parents, that's the longest. Grandparents might be longer. Yeah, well, that's why we're saying with parents, you know, in, in the teenage years. Yeah, you e- know? eventually you're like, okay, I can be Colloquial. Yeah, well, you're, you're, it's weird because you, I feel like, like I'm saying, like as a survival tactic, it's like you're almost using it as a tactic with your parents at a young age to just like. And we've talked about this with fear and stuff like that that your parents put on you as a child, but it's yeah. like you just you stay formal to to just stay out of trouble, and then it's like be respectful. Exactly. And then yeah. when you get to a teenage age and you're like, I've come this far and I'm doing this stuff now, you're just like, fuck this, you're just, and you're not like fuck this, like no. fuck you guys. Oh but yeah, you're just, you, like, you just like you say the word ass, and you're yeah. like, did they care? If you they... spill milk in front of your parents, you say fuck this, and they're like, <laughs> what? 
But yeah, uh, uh, moral of the story, don't curse into your parents until you're at least in your teens. Just just give it a rest, you gauge know? Gauge it, you know? This is the whole yeah. thing. The whole thing with this colloquial talk is that you gotta gauge it, and it's all based off your environment, and, you know, who you are, where you are, your environment, and language. You know, we have this unit of language to get deep and philosophical about this kind of stuff. So. Absolutely. Everyone stay colloquial. Thank you. Gerard, for that yeah, thanks, very Gerard. unique I'm glad word. You, I'm glad you. I'm glad that you. Um, I'm really happy that you message us that word, Gerard. Out of <laughs> any word, I'm really happy that. Like, I guess any word would have been a great word to talk about. Sure, sure. So, like, it's but it's, it's, it's I, hard to say that word. But I'm happy it was that word. Yeah, because when we first looked at it, we looked at each other. We're like, how the hell are we gonna make this one work? But we I've, looked it up, and now I'm uh, I'm happy. Yeah, we did good. But uh, we all did well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you had a good time. Email us, maxandluceshow at gmail.com. Instagram, maxandluceshow. And uh, thank you, Gerard, for that lovely email. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, thank you, Jess Smith, for the intro. Exactly where I was going. Oh, and right. thank you, Louie, for this Avengers DVD. Oh, Max, I hope you love the <laughs> Avengers DVD. And um, it was a great late-night show with you guys. It was nice having Max and Lou on the show tonight. Um, I really hope you guys come back and, um, you know, on the late night show here late at night with Max and Lou. Uh, Max and Lou, come back, please. You know, it was weird that you didn't let us talk at all. It was just you two the whole time, but it was cool to watch, and the the beverages were nice. Uh, thanks, guys. And I'm I'm gonna <laughs> go. Gonna I'm gonna go in my. Be so confused <laughs> at that point. <laughs> all right, dude, that was so confusing.